I'm Zach Bohannon. I make my living telling stories, but I'm also a metalhead, retired drummer, avid gamer, and most importantly, a loving husband and father. Join me each week as I sit down with a fellow dad and discuss balancing a creative life with family, careers, hobbies, and all the other things guys love. This is the Creator Dad Podcast. What? <laughs> We're off to a great start. This is already this. I already know this is gonna be the worst episode of this podcast that I can have. <laughs> you were you were complaining about the slot I gave you in the schedule. This is well, this is why you were like, no one's gonna listen. I was like, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's my point. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on, a, man? Maybe it's a good time to bring this up with royalties. Like, are we just is it a 50-50 split on this kind of deal? Or yeah, you can totally have fit because 50% of nothing is uh <laughs> is 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 good so i don't i don't know what you know about podcasts but most podcasts don't make very much money so you know of course your episode is going to be up for a long time so i guess we will uh i mean who knows maybe maybe at some point it will start making money so i don't know if maybe if you hit like a certain threshold of views i will uh i will give you some money i don't know so and 10 10 g's <laughs> 10 g's <laughs> I mean, you put me on three days before Christmas. <clears throat> Assuming that it's still three days for it may change between now. I mean, you know, spoiler alert to everybody. We're recording October 15th. So a lot could change between now and then. So you might maybe I'll put you on next Christmas. I don't know. It depends how many of these episodes <laughs> I can stack. <laughs> or maybe I just won't even be on at all. Oh, my God, dude. So I was, I was trying to I was trying to remember. Um, uh, when did we meet? I was trying, I was thinking about that as we got on. Cause I'm trying to remember when you started at our old company, which I guess I won't say on the air. I don't know why, but whatever. But, uh, when, when, when did you start there? I can't remember. Uh, I feel like it was 2011, maybe 2010. Okay. I've, for some reason I was thinking like 2013. <clears throat> No, because I moved. No, I guess I did move early 2010. No, it must have been 2011. Okay, because when you started there, Ella wasn't born. Like, yeah. but it but it wasn't too long after that, right? Yeah, I remember I worked there. It was almost exactly five years. <clears throat> so if we moved out here to Denver in 2016, it okay, been. that makes that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I've, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I get that time period. I get so confused about, cause I started, I started there in 2009 and left in 2017. So I, I was there for a while, but I, I forget like when, what period certain people were there and all that stuff. Cause like yeah. you were, cause I remember you weren't there with Russ who uh, yeah. I think by the time this airs, will have already been on this show. Yeah. Um, but uh I think by the time this airs in 2023 sometime. Um, but, but like you guys, you guys never overlapped. And it's just funny for me to think back to that. And, and I, I don't know, but uh, yeah. Cause yeah, I do. Cause I do remember when you start, like when was Ella born? 2013. That's <clears throat> yeah. That's right. Because, cause Haley is like right between Ella and Naomi pretty much. 
So I think she's yeah. like sandwiched between them. So, which, uh, yeah, hit that cough button. She yeah. was, uh, she is funny. She was asking, she brought up something the other day from when we were at y'all's house. I think she brought up like them being in the bathtub and how she said something about Naomi being mean to her, <laughs> like splash water in her eyes or something. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, uh, Haley, she was, you guys were all really young then, but nay, nay was especially young oh, <laughs> and, yeah. was, and was a firecracker. Yeah. That was so, a while ago now. 2018. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. We're gonna have to make another trip out there. So yeah. I think, uh, uh, me, me and Kat are talking about maybe I have, well, I haven't talked to her yet, but, um, I'm sure she will be open like maybe this summer or something like that. Cause yeah. I actually want to get on travel sometime next year and, and definitely want to come back to Denver. So, yeah, you know, so we will, uh, we will see, but yeah, I was, <laughs> it's funny. I was thinking the other thing I was thinking about was when, uh, I was trying to think about like just all the dumb stuff we did when we worked that job. Cause uh, like, and I still think my favorite, I still think that my favorite thing was when I was talking to the FedEx guy and uh, you, you remember what I'm talking about, which, which exact thing. Oh yeah. <clears throat> when you came up over my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my chin was basically on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. So just to just to let people know, like, uh, so David would always try to do like mess with me when I was in meetings and stuff. And there was this one time uh, he would walk by my office and be looking in the window and stuff. But there's this one time where this FedEx rep was in there and was talking to me face to face, and David walked in behind him. <laughs> <laughs> walked in behind him and acted like he was throwing something in the trash and then all of a sudden i just see david's head poke up right over this guy's shoulder and when i say right over the shoulder i'm saying like inches away from his <laughs> from, from his friend and the guy had no idea you were there and i mean dude i i do not know how i didn't just I think I did end up cracking and that's when you walked away and he, yeah. he and, and it was, it was perfect timing. Cause I think he said something that he thought was yeah. funny. He made a joke. <laughs> you, you were doing like the whole Jim Carrey, like Ace Ventura thing, like back and forth between each one of his shoulders. And I mean, I don't know how he didn't feel you just breathing on him <laughs> that moment. It was so ridiculous. You just straight faced it until he made that joke. That comment, and then you just lost it. Like that was just one of the funniest things you've so, ever heard. <laughs> it was so stupid. <laughs> we we did so many ridiculous things at that job. Like just all the all the dumb screaming in the warehouse, and you know all the different characters we had working there. It was like I feel like I could write a book about half the like most of the people that work there. Yeah. You know, I still look back at those slow mo videos of the food and flight stuff. <laughs> little mini tacos or pretzels one of them bounced off of your head oh uh, I'll, I'll have to uh i'll probably i have to share those with the creator dad com discord community or do it on patreon um i have to I, I need to make sure i have them but have you send them to me yeah i got it um yeah david would come into my office when i would just be sitting there and he would throw food at me like hot dogs or corn dogs and like I don't even, like I don't even remember what else <laughs> it felt, but you'd film it in slow motion so yeah. you just see the thing fly towards me from this first person point of view, like it's freaking Halo or something. Yeah, just see it. 
you just see a hot uh, corn dog pop out of nowhere <laughs> in the camera and then it's just coming at you Bounce off the top of my head uh, and there's like that one where i'm sitting there trying to catch it i'm like oh my god and so like this fat kid trying to catch a corn dog and one just hits me around top of the head oh my god dude yeah i have to i'll, I'll have to share those with our uh, with with my with the discord community because they'll they'll laugh at that really hard because it was just it was so freaking ridiculous you got to find that old i don't remember what platform it was but that spider-man thing oh that was on vine vine yeah which was like you know way ahead of its time with how popular tiktok is now yeah, yeah we did the what, what what was the thing with vine it was like 15 second limit or 20 yeah, seconds or know. something they were super short but <laughs> We did that video where I, I where you were where you climbed up in the racks and I looked like I was looking at you and stuff and that was so stupid. I to, yeah. I, dude, that would be hard to find now. Like, I don't even know if Vine is still a thing you can go on or not. Oh, really? I'm sure it is, but I I feel like I found that video not too long ago, but it was uh I don't know it was it was kind of ridiculous. So, but uh but anyways. But, uh, but yeah, so the reason I like want to have you on today, besides the fact that it's, what are you drinking? Latte. Oh, of course. Did you make it? Yeah. Nespresso. That's, yeah. I, I got this awesome, uh, check out my coffee mug. <laughs> Egg ground post that's post some sugar on me. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the reason, uh, well, I want to have you on for a few different reasons today for one, just because you're one of my best friends and I figured this would be, like I said, <clears> the <throat> worst episode of this podcast we could possibly do. Um, but also, uh, I don't know, you're into some really unique things. Like you're, you've, uh, as long as I've known you, you've always been, um, <clears throat> kind of a hustler in a lot of ways. I, I mean that in a good way. Like you've always, um, like had your, your hand in a lot of different pots as far as ways of making money, be it like real estate, you know, the, the coffee stuff, all the different things you're doing. Um, and, uh, and so I wanted to, I wanted to talk a little bit about, about some of that stuff, but also just like some, I don't know, like I, I figured you'd be a really good person to have on too, to have kind of a money discussion. Cause I feel like, um, especially the more I talk to, you know, in, in my world, other creatives, other authors and stuff like money, things come up all the time. And I feel like, uh, you know, money is one of those things that people just don't often want to face. They just want to kind of like turn in a blind eye, um, you know, as if you uh, hit a football, hit a car with a football or something, just turn around, and act like it didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> another inside joke, <laughs> but, um, but no, people like just turn a blind eye to money and want to kind of avoid it. So I don't know. I, I figure we could kind of, we could kind of get into that as well. Um, but, uh, but you, and, and you also have a musical background, so you have your hand in a lot of different creative stuff. Now, are you, um, I guess just to clarify, so, um, David's, David's wife is a, um, is amazing singer songwriter. And for a long time, uh, you, you were in the band and, you know, part of her band, you played guitar with her and stuff is, is, is she still active doing music outside of the church and stuff? Is she doing anything right now? Um, <clears throat> A little bit, not I'm not a ton. So she could still have an opportunity to actually go out to Nashville and um, record a few things with some people that she knows out there. They they want her to come out and do it, but then outside of that, um, she is playing a like a Christmas concert that 
um, similar to what she did two years ago at one of the churches out here. And so she's, she's doing that, but anything, anything else, yeah, I mean, it's primarily with just with the church and leading worship there. Have you been doing much of anything like with guitar or not really? Man, I, I'll play guitar when the girls are in the bath. Oh, like, really? <laughs> I'll bring it in to the bathroom and just like play while they're in the bath. That's pretty much the extent of it. But I am going to play with her at this Christmas thing. So I've got to start playing a little bit more. Oh, nice. Yeah. Have, uh, have either of the girls shown any desire for music? Oh, yeah. Ella's, um, our oldest is playing piano. Oh, nice. She's, um, so she's eight. And yeah, she's been taking lessons for a year. She's, I mean, she's a better piano player than I am at this oh, point. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, she's she's good. And then our youngest has said that she wants to play like the violin, but I don't know. Maybe she may just be saying that because her older sister is doing something. And, oh, yeah. But at the same time, she's mentioned it a few times, but yeah. Well, I mean, plus like her Anna's sister, so Naomi's aunt is a violin player, right? Yeah. Because she, she was in y'all's band too. Oh, yeah. Is, is, do you feel like that's kind of where too she got that from a little bit yeah very well could be yeah yeah i mean it, it makes sense with you guys being such a musical family they'd pick that up i mean haley's been kind of doing the same thing i mean uh she has started i mean she sings her butt off like all the freaking time um <laughs> and you know we bought her she really wanted to play guitar so we bought her ukulele and um she started drumming in my car and stuff and really picking up the beat so i'm kind of I asked her the other day, I, I said, Hey, are you really interested in music? I mean, is it something you want to do? And she's like, yeah. And trying to kind of narrow it down to, you know, I asked her, I was like, well, if you could learn one instrument, what would it be? And she said piano, which I really thought she would say guitar, but I feel like piano. I mean, I'm sure you'll agree. And Cass said the same thing is, is a great play. If you can play piano, then mm -hmm. like picking up guitar will not be that much of a stretch, yeah. you know, it's just a good starting point. Yeah, yeah for sure. sure. How's Haley's screaming voice? <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. She will, we will be riding in the car and uh, she will, uh, she'll say, Hey, can we listen to monster music? That's what she calls it. <laughs> so I'll put on, you know, some Pantera or Gojira or she loves Opeth like yeah. stuff. And it's funny because she'll, uh, she'll try to, she will try to scream with it. It's, 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 I actually caught her the other day. This isn't a screaming band, but it is like a, do you know who the band ghost is oh yeah yeah this, so i've been on a big kick listening to ghost and uh the other day one of the songs came on the car and i mean from the moment she'd heard the song like once and uh and and from the moment the first few notes kicked in she started singing the chorus she's like i love the song and i'm like i probably should be careful about what i let you hear because you know they're obviously like have a lot of satanic imagery and stuff in their lyrics and i was like maybe i should luckily yeah. that song didn't but i was like i should probably be careful about what i play for you in the car that's, that's what anna says to me it's so funny when they're just uh, it's like faith no more and they're just singing along with it that kind of thing <laughs> Well, faith, faith no more is not quite as bad as some of the ghost stuff. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, talking about worshiping the devil and stuff like that. Which... Yeah, no, you're screwing up more than I am for sure. <laughs> I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible <laughs> parent. <laughs> but yeah, she will, she'll straight up be like, Hey, I want to listen to monster music. It's, it's, I have no idea what kind of music she's going to be into because, you know, Kat listens to 
a variety, you know, a lot of indie stuff and a lot of singer songwriter. And then, you know, I listen to a lot of nineties rock and metal. I have no idea what she's going to be into. So, you know, she'll pick out her own stuff like Jojo Siwa and all that. But then, you know, she wanted to kick not too long ago where all she wanted to listen to was, uh, she wanted to listen to Bolt of Butterfly Wings by Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, there you go. We'd be in the car and she'd be like, Hey, can you play Rat in a Cage? And oh, yeah. I'd <laughs> be like, Yeah, I can, I'll play that for you. Yeah. So, and she would sing along to that. So I have, I have no idea, but I'm, but yeah, we're looking at getting her into lessons and stuff and, um, and, and probably piano. And, and Kat really has been wanting to get back into piano anyway. So, uh, we, you know, we'll probably just get like a, a pretty decent keyboard that they both can play on. And then I'm planning on getting a drum set again, eventually. So we're going to, uh, I sold the drum kit I had and we're, but we're going to convert our garage into more space and I'm probably going to get like a nice electric set. So when that happens, yeah. if she wants to play drums, then, you know, I yeah. dude, that's what I could see Naomi doing as being a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i i play it with her i love playing the drums i just suck at it but yeah she i could see her doing that too yeah i could see see her tearing up and most guitar players love playing drums so yeah. you know go, going back to anna for a second too i, I like I, I i don't remember if i've ever asked you this but i i know that and i mean it's several years ago now but i think it was when she did that christmas album she had that really successful kickstarter um that was the christmas album right did you did you have anything to do with that or was that all her? I played on it. But as far as like the Kickstarter and raising the money and stuff like oh, that, no, like that was all her. That was all her. Yeah. Yeah, because she raised like twenty two thousand dollars or something yeah. like that. I can't remember exactly, but it was a good amount. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was awesome. So yeah, she's I just got a lot of really good and faithful supporters, even still with her not doing it for a while. I mean, there's they're still around and um yeah they still keep in touch and they'd be around if she wanted to do something else she is going to try and do something <clears throat> another a christmas album i think the kind of what the plan is is that anything that she's going to be able to make from this show coming up would go towards uh, making another christmas album oh that'd be cool that'd yeah. be is, is she um is she still writing any of her own music or anything like that oh yeah yeah <laughs> nice yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, that bug just never really leaves you. I mean, no. I mean, even now I think about, um, missing be like one of my friends, uh, his band just got back together and played a big festival and played a show down here in Nashville. And uh, I went down and saw them, I went and saw them play and I was like, man, and they hadn't played in eight or nine years. And, uh, and, and yeah, it was, I was like, man, I do. Sometimes I kind of miss this, <laughs> you know, yeah. like getting up and, play in front of the crowd and stuff like that and you know there's there's definitely a lot of things about it i don't miss yeah <laughs> but but there's but there's definitely like an adrenaline and, and and stuff about that that you can't replicate especially like i'm glad i get to have a creative job but it's a lot different seeing in my uh, my desk here writing than it is you know playing music with other people it's just a different experience oh yeah yeah I always like playing with other people. I just, and then I quickly learned I didn't like playing in front of people. I got, that's just. Oh, interesting. Something I really care about, but I do like playing with people. Where do you think that came from? Like not liking playing in front of people. I think it's just being an introvert and yeah, that having attention on me is, I don't know, something I don't usually like. 
which is funny with you because like you were always the center of attention at <laughs> a lot of times at, at our old job. But, but yeah, I mean, that's one thing I've definitely like, you know, you, you've always also been like a real private guy, which I was actually surprised you agreed to do this. So <laughs> because of, because of that, but, but, um, yeah, I did want to talk to you about, um, like, I really wanted to get in the kind of the creative angle I wanted to take in this conversation. Cause like, you know, I'm, I'm early on doing this podcast, but I'm trying to get a lot of different types of people doing different creative things. Like, it would be really easy for me just to get a bunch of writers, but I'm just not, I'm just not that interested in that. But I, th- for you, I think the, the coffee thing is really interesting because I think on the surface, a lot of people, and I'm, I'm not, I think most people understand that there's an art to coffee, but I think, but I don't, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people still don't really appreciate what it takes in to, to do that. And I saw it firsthand when you, when I was there and you showed me your whole setup and all that, um, just really like what went into it. Uh, so like I'm, I'm, and we haven't really ever talked about this, honestly, um, cause I think most of the time you and I just talk about games and other stuff and, oh, by the way, I should tell you too, do you, you know that I have literally not looked at my fantasy football team yet? I was going to guess that. I, I do not even know who's on my team. <laughs> I'm <dead> serious. <laughs> I have no, am, have I even won a game yet? Yeah. Oh, seriously? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a part of me that wants to see how long I can go without looking, but also I'm kind of curious, like if my, my team has to be trash, I just can't think they're any good. So we, we played each other like two weeks ago, I think. And I think I beat you by like literally a point, (laughs) but you had one guy that was out. Oh, so if I were to look that that there's a really good chance I would have won. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, maybe I need to log in there. Football has just been such a weird thing with me, man. Cause I used to love it. And I just, over the last few years, I just totally fell out of it. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. And especially after the pandemic games and not having a crowd, I was just like, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's just been a, it's, it's been a weird thing. And I've just, when I do watch sports, I just watch hockey, which I haven't even been watching much of that. So, um, well, they're about to, I mean, they haven't started yet, have they? Or they did they? actually two nights as as we record this two nights ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, there were there were two games on a Tuesday night. It was pretty cool actually because it's on ESPN now, and they went back to ESPN. And I don't do you you remember the old uh, ESPN theme music for the NHL? Like they oh, had yeah. the real awesome music. They're using that again. So it was it was actually it was actually pretty cool. But uh, yeah, the Stars played last night and won their first. They beat the Rangers in overtime. So. Um, me and Matt D's actually um, are going to uh, – they're doing an outdoor game here uh, at Nissan oh. Stadium where the Titans play. Oh, sweet. And uh, the, it's the Predators and the Lightning. And uh, Matt Matt's coming up here from Tampa, and we're going to go to that. He already got tickets. That's sweet. So we're, we're going to go – we're going to go to a game at Nissan Stadium here. So it should in – in February. So it'll probably be 60 degrees outside. <laughs> and, and they'll have uh, ice hockey going on. So. Yeah. But – um. But anyways, so uh, I don't think we've really ever like I, I've always known, obviously, that you loved coffee. I mean, when me and you sat in that little corner in the office, we had the coffee machine <laughs> over there that we would uh, basically keep filled up for a good chunk of the day and all that. But um, uh, like what when did you start getting into actually um, learning about roasting coffee? 
Yeah, it was, it's been a while now. So I would say 2005 or six. Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe even a little before that I'd had a little machine uh, that was, it could do like a quarter of a pound at a time. And it was basically like a hairdryer faced upwards. And then <laughs> it would kind of like move the beans around and, and heat them up that way. But um, I had that, I had that for maybe a year and then I upgraded and got one that could do said it could do a pound, but not quite. If you tried to put in a full pound, it just wasn't roasted all the way. So I had that for maybe the next seven years or so before I got the legitimate uh, commercial coffee roaster that I have now, but it's been, it's been a while. That's awesome. Like, I, I, I guess I didn't really, like, I guess that makes sense. You could have like smaller kits like that to do it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like at that, were you, did you still have to like order beans and stuff like that? Or were you able to just get them locally or? Yeah. A little, little half a pound bags or one pound bags of, of beans. I would get same place that I bought the roaster from is some place out of uh, Madison, actually Wisconsin. Oh, okay. But yeah, just green beans and I could kind of choose what I wanted. And even the green beans on a smaller scale are much less than what you would buy a roasted pound of coffee for. So I think part of it was that too. Like I had an interest in that, but then too, it was like, oh, I'm saving a little bit of money just roasting my own coffee. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely see it. And for you, if you're saving 15 cents, it's worth it. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, back in the day, it, I, I, I'd go into the grocery store and spend $20, $30 maybe. And then that was food for the week. Oh, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about that here in a yeah. little bit. I'm going <laughs> to, when I ask you about money stuff, I'm definitely going to, I'm, I'm definitely going to go into that a little bit. Cause I think that, um, and in all seriousness, I think that that is, um, just knowing some of your story and how you, you know, some of the, how you lived and, you know, all that and, and why you did it. I we'll, we'll get into it in a minute. I want to, I want to stay on the coffee thing for, for now. Um, but, uh, like how long did it take you before you, uh, cause I, cause I'm fascinated. Cause I, so I've been thinking about gaining into cooking lately as kind of a, a hobby that is not, uh, cause I've been trying to think of a hobby that is completely different from writing and something yeah. I can do. And I've kind of tried drawing and stuff like that, but I'm just not that interested in that. And, um, so, so the, the idea of roasting coffee is also kind of fascinating to me, but like, how long did it take you? Like, I, I have to imagine there's got to be like a trial and error process to get good at it. Right. Yeah. But I feel like that you don't really know if you're good at it for a while. Mm. So at the beginning, I mean, I was just roasting stuff and then all that I had experienced for coffee at that point. It's like McDonald's or Starbucks. And so then I'd pop it out of the roaster and then drink it a day later. And I was like, oh man, this is so much better than, than what I've been drinking. So this must be the new, like the way to, to get good coffee is to just do it yourself. <clears throat> but I bet if I went back and had a cup of coffee of what that coffee was today, I'd be like, man, this is horrible. So I think it takes, I mean, it's a palette, like with anything else, it would take some time to develop and then it, it morphs and turns into something else. But so 
I don't know. And then now that I've had really, I mean, some of the other roasters that I've had in any other cities, I mean, there are some really good roasters out there. So even now I'm like to the point to where I like my stuff, but I like other people's stuff better because they're just better at roasting. Gotcha. I mean, but do you feel like, um, cause of course now you have your, you know, cadence coffee roasters, which you, you know, we'll, we'll have a link to that down the show notes. If anybody wants to order your coffee, but, um, it, like, obviously I know you have like certain products and, and uh, different roast and stuff you sell, but I mean, how, I guess what I'm trying to ask is like, how is that process now? Like, how, how are you evolving? Cause you obviously have these, I mean, do you try to make like, so for the ones you're selling, do you try to make all those roasts consistent so that if I order, you know, your dark roast now, like if I do it in six months, is it basically going to be the same or are you con- are you like changing and trying to make it better? Yeah. Well, one, we don't have dark roast. Okay. Because you're just burning those beans. I hate but, dark roast, funny yeah. enough. So, yeah. But yeah, consistency is a big thing. And I think that pretty much any like, specialty roaster would say that like they want to, they want to match every roast about as as much as they can to the last one that you don't you don't want variation and to that too you want to whenever you get a new bean you want to profile it so you want to kind of trial and error and make a few test runs and then find what's best for this bean and just really narrow that down because there are different densities and um, from different regions and you just want to find you know, what's the best roast profile for this bean. And then once you have that, you just want to be able to replicate that as closely as you can each time. So in summary though, yeah, I mean, I mean, I try and keep it as consistent as possible. And fortunately you usually can. And I mean, some people would be able to tell a difference, but usually can get pretty close. I mean, you plug it into your computer and you've got all these thermocouples and be able to read temperatures and everything like that. So you can get a, a pretty good idea of where you are as opposed to before that kind of technology, it was more of an art and people smelling the beans at different stages of the roast and looking at the color of it and, and things like that. So I feel like it's probably a lot easier to roast now because we have those things like thermocouples and being able to look at airflow and just being able to gauge different things a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the, the, the software, when I was there and you're showing me everything, I mean, the process being able to see all the graphs and stuff and you were showing me, yeah, here I have to do, you know, at this point in the roast, I do this. And I don't know, it was, there's still, I mean, it, it is, I can see what you're saying about how it probably is more of like a science, like there is more of a science to it now where, because of all that, but I, I don't know. I feel like there still is, it looked to me at least like there still is an art to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I think there's both. You could, Yeah. There's both. Now, like, I know you didn't do this. I don't think, but the, the people uh, go to like school or classes or anything to do roasting, like are those things out there? Yeah. No, I actually did do one. Okay. Did like okay. a an intro to commercial coffee roasting, but there there are classes like that. The one that I went to was out in Minnesota, and then um, I know that other roasters do that just for promotional kind of things too. And then they do cuppings where you can come in and try different kinds of beans, and that's where you 
you have small, like little four ounce glasses, and then you fill it, fill coffee or water up and get the coffee brewing. And then you go and put a spoon in and then slurp it and then taste different coffees. So they do cuppings and things like that to try and uh, develop your palate and just be a, being able to taste different coffees. But yeah, there are definitely a bunch of different classes out there that you can take to learn how to roast. You see, um, so like we've seen over the past several years, um, like how microbreweries and stuff with beer have gotten huge and how, you know, people brewing their own beers become a big deal. I don't feel like that's happening with coffee, but do you feel like that's something that could happen where you see more independent roasters pop up and more like people, consumers, just the same way they are with craft beer now, like starting to appreciate, oh, I'm not going to just like go to Starbucks. I'm actually going to go try to get like, do you see there being that kind of resurgence in coffee? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of individual roasters now especially if you go to, like if you go to portland i think you'd be blown away at how oh, many sure. individual roasters there are but i think coffee has something working against it that beer does and saying this is a, uh, basically a non-beer drinker but yeah you know I, I feel like beer is easy to drink in the way of you don't have to do much right you you open it maybe you have a certain glass for it and i mean you store it a certain way kind of thing but Outside of that, it's not that challenging to be able to get a good beer and then hold it right and then enjoy it. But then coffee, you could make some excellent, excellent roasted coffee. And then it is very like coffee just deteriorate, deteriorates so fast. It's so particular how you hold it and store it. And then it's so particular on how you brew it. So you could have this excellent coffee and then you store it badly and then you brew it badly and then it's just it might as well have been any other coffee from any other place so i feel like because of that it's not going to ever reach the level of what beer is just because it's it's so hard to it takes so much effort to be able to get that good coffee and then still keep it good coffee to the point where you're drinking it interesting that's that's a really good point i hadn't thought about like I mean, I, I know for sure I can tell you, and I tell people this all the time, like the coffee I had at your house was the best coffee I've ever had in my life. Like, and obviously you had just roasted it. I'm sure that had something yeah. to do with it, <laughs> Yeah. but, but also I think it goes with what you're saying. Like you also knew how to brew it properly. I think you did like a slow pour over. Yeah. Um, and then you also were like, dude, you are not putting any cream or sugar in this thing, which I don't <laughs> use sugar in my coffee anyway, but I usually use a little bit of half and half but you didn't let me. And I'm, I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad I just had a black. Cause it was freaking unbelievable. Yeah. Good. It yeah. But yeah, it's got that working against it. I think that, I mean, it takes a lot of work to be able to get it to that point, to keep it consistent to where you want to, which again, I don't drink beer, but I feel like it just doesn't have anywhere near that. Yeah. Those requirements to, to make the drinking part of it good. Yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, that's something I never thought about. I mean, I think that there's, and I'm speaking kind of out of turn because I don't know that much. I don't really know anything about making beer, but I would assume that, you know, finding the right hops could be similar to finding the right beans and things like that. But, but I think too, when you get to what you're saying, as far as storing it and all that, I mean, that's a, 
that's a big difference. But then you also have, there's a big difference between, as you're saying, just going up to a keg and pouring a beer and then actually brewing coffee. Like that's, there's a big difference there. Yeah. So if, even if you do everything right on the manufacturing end and then the consumer gets the coffee and they have it in a good stored container bag, then at that point to actually brew it the right way, there are a few different options, but let's just say it's a coffee pot. Well, you want to make the water, it can get too hot. It can get too cold. And then when the water is going into the grounds, if it's, the water is not evenly distributed and all the grounds don't get wet essentially at the same time, that's going to affect it. And then how fast the water goes in and how fast it drains. And then you don't want it to heat on the, like you don't want a coffee pot that heats, continues to heat it. Like you see at McDonald's or those places. So there's just so much to it as opposed to like beer again. I mean, you open it and then what you put it in the glass, certain glass that you want and that's it. Yeah. I mean, especially like you're saying, if, if, you know, you're selling straight to an end user and like, I buy some of your coffee, you know, I mean, I'm like you said, I mean, yeah, if I put just... it in my 20, I mean, <laughs> my cheap coffee machine, you know, which it's not, it's just not going to be the same. So I totally get what you're saying. But uh, so like, so let's, let's talk about a little bit about cadence. So, um, so of course you have, you know, you have your own coffee roasting company and you sell online cadence coffee roasters. Um, and again, we'll have the, we'll have the link down the show notes in case anybody wants to order some coffee from you. And I'm sure if you email them, they might, or if they email you, you might tell them how to properly brew it. (laughs) But, um, uh, what was kind of your idea behind, behind starting that? Cause I know, um, you, you know, obviously you, uh, you've got, you know, you're, you know, you've got Anna, you've got your two kids, um, you, you essentially work two other jobs, you know, two real estate type jobs, um, one main one, and then you do real estate. Um, and then you've also got this coffee thing. And, and as far from what I remember from our previous conversations, um, you're totally okay with it being a side, a side thing. Like you're, it's not necessarily what you're tr- like, what I'm getting at is a lot of people, and I deal with this with authors all the time. Most authors I meet, they want to replace their main income with being an author. Like they want to quit their main job and just be able to write all the time. And I don't think that's like necessarily the right path for every single person. And you seem pretty content on just having cadence be like your little side, you know, you're, you enjoy doing it and it does bring in some income, but you're not actually looking to replace your main income with it. I mean, would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I, I looked at it initially just the way that I am. I, I bring up the math first and then see what it would cost. And then if it is, if it's going to pay for itself, if it's going to make money or not. And, and then it's, you know, at that point, since it was a hobby as well, it was like, well, I enjoy doing this anyways. And if I can continue to, to level up and maybe make something better since two, my tastes are changing and I want better coffee than what I've been roasting. So I need a better machine. If I can do that. And then at the same time, actually be, have it pay for itself, maybe make a little bit and then being able to give it and supply it to other people too, then that's just kind of an additional bonus. And I mean, you had some, 
I mean, you had some overhead going into it too. I mean, yeah. I know your machinery is not cheap. You built a building in your back, I mean, in your backyard, you and your, uh, you yeah. and your stepdad built, I mean, actually built your, basically a coffee shed in your, in your backyard. So yeah. Yeah. yeah a little 12 by 12 shed and yeah we had to update the electric panel for our house and but yeah so i just went into it with that and like is it feasible and then started calling you know you got to make sure that you're in compliance with codes and that sort of thing so yeah yeah. i think it's an important thing i I wanted to bring that up because i think that well twofold about what we're talking about for one like i talked to i I bring you up a lot when i'm talking to other authors because you know, I'll talk to authors who want to put all this work into putting a book in, but then they want to take some kind of shortcut. Like they, they don't want to pay for professional editing, which is just, in my opinion, is just stupid. Like if you're going to, if it's a hobby and you just want like your mom to read it or something, that's great. But if you're actually putting it out for sale on Amazon or on any wherever, like it's treat it like a professional product or they don't want, they want to try to make their own cover and they don't want to get a professional cover made. And like, by the time you get professional editing and a professional cover, I mean, it depends on who you go with, but like you may have spent like a thousand to $1,500. That is not that much money. <laughs> that is not wow. that much money. Go you the know? rest of the way and do it right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so I, I'll bring you up a lot and be like, man, my buddy, David, he said, you know, he started his own coffee company and a lot of it is just for him as a hobby, but you know, he had to build a building. He had to have there's code stuff he had to take care of. He had to buy all, like, you know, my point is, is that if you're running a business, like, and, and that's what I try to tell these, tell these folks is like, it's your, any business, you're going to have a little bit of investment and you may not get a return right away. And yeah. you, you have to understand if that's, and if you're not okay with that, then just make it a hobby. Don't, yeah. don't ask people to pay for it. Just put it up. Like let your mom read it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the other, the other thing, the only other thing was, um, again, I mentioned that I talked to so many authors who want to replace their main income, but, um, it, I think what a lot, and I, I think this comes up a lot too. It feels like what a lot of people don't understand is that when, when your hobby and or your passion becomes your main source of income, it changes your relationship with it. Like it just oh, does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so uh, does does that play into like and i know you well enough where i feel like you're one of the rare people that that might not affect so much but i don't know do you feel like if you did make K- if cadence was like your main thing do you think you would enjoy doing it as much or do you, do you think much would change the only way it would change is that and even kind of to out is now just with some other things getting busier in life and then if i was roasting on the weekends and that kind of thing the way it would change for me is if it was taking time away from Anna and the girls. Yeah. So if it was doing that, then that would change my attitude on it. And I wouldn't want to do it because that's, that's definitely always my main focus on everything is like, you know, I'm doing so much and maybe a lot of stuff that I don't necessarily want to do, but need to do or have to do. And, And if I'm doing all this stuff, and it's it like I better see the right kind of return on it to justify it, and then to not take me away from what I want most, which would just be to be with my family as as much as possible. So yeah, if it became a point to where it was just 
taken me away from them too much, then it would definitely change my, my view on it. Well, I know you, I mean, uh, I mean, on that too, I mean, I know that, you know, one of your very similar to me, you know, one of your main motivations is, is freedom and, you know, being able to do exactly what you're saying to be able to, um, to be able to, to spend more time with your family and do the things that really matter, not be tied down to, um, a, a specific thing. And I think that's kind of a good segue into the last thing I want to talk to you about, which is, um, which is money. And you, you kind of joked earlier that, um, well, you didn't joke. You were actually telling the truth <laughs> about how you would go to the grocery store when you were younger and stuff. And, um, and, uh, and and spend like what, what how much did you say on groceries like oh yeah 20 30 bucks i could i could get a week's worth of food <laughs> out of that and i remember you telling me stories about how you and your buddy lived in an apartment and wouldn't turn the heat on and you'd have like you'd be in like oh, yeah. thermal sleeping bags and stuff like that <laughs> but yeah and a lot of people are gonna look at that like it's crazy but how like so I don't think I've ever actually asked you about this. So hopefully I'm uh, right and asking it on the air on, on this podcast, but like what you bought a house pretty young and yeah. I mean, around, I mean, and uh, I'm trying to think what I'm trying to ask here, like how, how close to when, how close to was the time of when you bought the house to when all this stuff was going on? It was close. So I, I bought um, my first house when I was 25 and it was all, I mean, I think at around age 21, I really started to be a little bit more focused on financials and how much I was bringing in and how much was going out. And so stuff like the experience of uh, a friend of mine and just not turning on the heat, like at that point, it wasn't necessarily necessity, but more of just like a funny experiment. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. But then at the same time, like, I mean, not completely because I definitely always did have this thing and even still do. It's like, I don't want to turn the AC on or like, I don't want to turn the heat up if like I'm not that cold because it's just going to cost more money. I'm a little bit lazier on it now, but um, for a long time, I, I had that. I mean, even living out in Tennessee, I would always joke with Anna, like if she was gone uh, for a day or two doing something, I'd send her a photo of the thermostat and it'd read like 84 inside the house or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now I got that. So I got that house um, when I was about 25 and it took me, I don't know, four years or so to save up just to be able to get I think it was, I was putting 10,000 down, something like that on it. And just to be able to get it to that point. And, but it was, it was around then, but it was, it was all just aligned with like, Oh, if I do spend 20 or $30 at the grocery store, then I can spend that money on something else. See, and people miss that. Like, and I'm guilty of it too. I mean, you, you joke with me about money a lot. Like this is one of our ongoing jokes, you know, um, you know, if I go buy a new game or something, I'll send you a picture of the bags in my car and all that, you know? <laughs> um, but, but in all seriousness, like a lot of people don't want to sit down. I mean, heck at our old job, me and you would make comments all the time when, 
you know, guys making 12 bucks an hour were going out to lunch every single day and then would complain about wanting to raise later. And we're sitting there thinking, well, add up how much money you're spending every day on your lunch. Like that stuff really adds up. And I feel like a lot of times, like, I I think what's really cool is that you were willing to make a a short-term sacrifice for, to fulfill your long-term goals. Like, I mean, for waiting, like having the discipline over four or five years or whatever it was. I mean, that's, dude, that's not, not everyone has that discipline. Yeah. I mean, you realize that, right? Oh yeah. And then, and then I went through it again when moving out to Nashville and just Anna and I starting our life there with Eloise and yeah, Naomi. I mean, we were definitely broke. Yeah. Life. So, I mean, we went, we went through it again, but yeah, I think it's, I, and, and, and even now, so, so many years later, I definitely have a different viewpoint on it now in the way of we put in that hard work and that discipline, and then now we have some more freedoms. And so I think that now more of my mindset is like, you know, our girls are six and eight and we have this time together and I don't want to. I don't want to look back in 10 or 20 years and feel like I could have done something differently and, and not miss something. So like, if we're talking about, like as an example, so if we're talking about, you know, going on a trip and then it's like, well, we could, we either just pass on by this town and then just make it to our destination, or we have some friends in town and the, the girls are friends with their friends and what if we just get an Airbnb for two nights and just be able to have that time? And it's like, well, we don't have to do that. But if we, if we do spend that money um, and pay extra of what in the past we wouldn't have done, we made all those memories and we spent that time together. And that's something that we're going to be able to look back at and we will enjoy this and that kind of thing. And even just on a daily basis of not being, I mean, I sp- we spoil the crap out of the girls, but not yeah. being, not being so strict on eating out. And just because it turns into experiences at that point, I feel yeah. like, and I don't want to miss those because I'm worried about how much money I'm going to have later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it definitely, but- it definitely took some time to get there. And I think that even feeling this way now, if I wasn't in a different position right now, I would, I would go back to that discipline of like, we've got to get there first. Yeah. But that's, but see, but that's the point though. Like you guys, I mean, you, you did shift your mindset and I've definitely seen that in you. I mean, cause I used to be like, I mean, I used to, I mean, I, this is not something I'd never said to your face or anything. Like I'd be like, dude, that's some of that stuff's a little extreme, you know, but like, but you put in that, that discipline and stuff where you, but you have the freedom now I mean, that house that you bought when you were 25 or whatever, I mean, you were able to sell that later. And I, if I'm right, you used that money to buy the house you flipped here in Nashville, right? Yeah. And then have, and then got your house here. And now you flipped other homes. Like, I mean, you've parlayed that one. It, it, obviously, there have been other things too, and you've saved other money and you, you know, you're really, you have a lot of investments and stuff like that. But, but my point is, that you were a dude working at Starbucks, living in a sleeping bag, <laughs> you know, <laughs> spending 30 bucks a week on groceries, but you've parlayed that into like 
all these house flips and stuff like that, because you yeah. saw more of a long-term goal. And like you said, now, I mean, uh, you're able to, cause uh, dude, and you're spending the money on experiences like that is that stuff that even if it's small, even if it's like, Oh, we're going to go stay in this Airbnb for two nights or whatever. Like, dude, when, when Ella is 25 or whatever, she might come to you and be like, Hey, you remember that time that we went and God did that? Like I had, I mean, it's crazy. The things that kids remember and the memories you're making. Oh yeah. You know, like I wish Haley would talk more about that damn $180 breakfast I bought at (laughs) Disney world. (laughs) Those eggs. She never talks about that breakfast, but she'll talk about like other little things. Like I don't have a good example right off the top of my head, but like, you know, like a time we, I just took her to the park or, you know, or or something like that, you know, and it's like creating those little memories are are, are so important. Yeah. Now, are you, um, uh, when I have two, two other things I want to ask before we get out, like, um, are, are you now with your mindset shifting? I know for a long time that you kind of had the plan uh, to, you obviously wanted to be mortgage free and retire early. I remember that. Like, do you, is that still like, are you still wanting to retire pretty early or has that been kind of backed up because of your new mindset? Yeah, I'm kind of torn on that. Um, one, I, again, it goes back to always just wanting to spend as much time with, the girls and Anna's as possible. Yeah. And so one part of me is like, let's hurry to where I can have even more time, but then I'm still just balancing that with like not getting too pulled away from them in the process of trying to do that. But I, I feel like that we're in a, like we've worked hard enough to where we can be in a position to, where we can kind of do a little bit of both, but it's, I think it all just comes down to the balancing of, just not missing out. Like I, I've seen some other people in my life where they would be focused on, on financials and money and, and primarily with retirement in mind. But then because of that, like they just miss out on so much. And I was worried about that with you for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really was, I was worried that you were just going to be so focused on that, that you're going to miss out on stuff. Yeah. No, it's definitely, I, yeah, I, I definitely have shifted my mindset quite a bit um, since 10 years ago, but I, I think that's always been the priority, but I just knew like, we got to, we got to grind it out here for a while first to be able to get to that point. But even a lot of things you're doing now, I mean, you know, you're, you do a lot of uh, your way into the stock market. You've got, um one or two rental homes. I know you're looking at doing more of those. Like, I mean, and that's mostly passive income and like building those things are the types of things that could create you the time later where you can still have income coming in. And I mean, it's the same thing with me with books. Like Mm -hmm. I write enough books and have more money coming in. Like I'm still going to keep writing, but I can, I can get, allow myself to, you know, spend more time doing other things that are, that are more important to explain time with my family, you know? Yeah. And even if, even if you're able to do something in the way of um, taking advantage of compound interest, and if, if you're young, uh, nothing beats time. If you, if you can capture some compound interest and get into 
you don't even have to know that much about it, but just get into a right fund of some kind, an index fund or a mutual fund and just do pretty minimal research and find a decent one and then add money to it on a monthly basis, even if it's a small amount. And I can't remember a, a perfect wording for this, but it's something like, you know, if you start doing that young, time is the most important factor of that, of compound interest and that money building on top of itself. And so if you, if somebody started when they were 20 or 25 and they put in a minimal amount, $50 a month or something like that, they would have X amount after 30 years. Now, then if somebody then came in and they were 40 and then they tried to, and they were making a lot more money and putting a lot more money in, like even a thousand dollars a month, there's, there's a certain threshold of where that person would never even make as much as the person that was putting $50 a month in just because that person had simply more time and just yeah. capture that compound interest. Yeah, I think I think the the number I heard was it might have been you that told me this. I think if you're like 21 or 25 and you put like $100 a month in, then you'll have a million dollars by the time you're like 55 or 60 or something. Like on average, I mean obviously it depends on a lot of things, but yeah. But then that's just 100 bucks. Like you're you know, when you get up into your 40s and 50s, which is when most people make that's when they peak in their income is you know, in those ages you're going to be able to put a lot more in. And yeah. you could be really set. Yeah. You know, well, I even think the number is something like that. Well, even if you're doing, I, I know it's more specific ones. Even if you're trying to do one for like your kids, you start a fund that's $3,000 to start. And then you put a hundred dollars in after 18 years, if there's a approximate 8% um, interest rate, annual interest rate with the compound interest. So at a hundred dollars a month over 18 years, you're close to $80,000 yeah. at that point. Yeah, that's which is ridiculous. And it only grows from each year. It's just going to grow more and more. So like the first few years, you won't see it grow that much. But then that's just how compound interest works. It just grows and grows and grows and grows and gets bigger every year. Yeah, well, Haley is uh, she when me and Kat are long gone, she gets all my, uh, the rights to all my books. So hopefully if I do a lot of right things, she can uh, get a paycheck every month from those when I'm gone. Yeah. So We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. But last thing I was going to ask you about too, and it, you kind of just alluded, like, um, what things are you doing early on with your kids to try to instill some of your money values in them? Because I mean, you just said it. I mean, so many kids, they get out of, they get out of high school. They're not even thinking about what you're talking about. And unfortunately for mo what we teach kids in the U S is, you know, oh, we're going to bring you out of high school and then you're going to go to college and immediately go into debt, which is like, yeah. the is terrible. You know I mean? You and I could do a whole other podcast on college and debt and all that, I'm sure, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I don't know, like what, what kind of things are you doing? You know, I, I guess, especially with Ella, cause she's a little older to kind of try to instill some as many things in her, in them early on. Yeah. Well, you haven't done much yet because they are still young, but um, they do have, some money um, that they would get for birthdays or anything like that. We've started to have them help with family members and going over to houses to earn money. Nice. And then, but we've always tried to get them to 
to pay for things for themselves. Like if they want a certain toy or the ice cream truck comes around and that kind of thing. And just at least starting to have them say like, all right, this is $5 and you're about to spend $5 on this. But we have overall, we just haven't done much because they are so young, but at least given the, given them the mindset or at least the idea of like some things you just, can't buy like you go to the store like here's ten dollars let's go get a toy that you want from the store and then they're trying to pick one out that's twelve dollars well you don't have enough of that you got to save up some more to be able to get that one but i don't know it's it's certainly been on the top of my mind to try and figure out and learn more about that because that's a pretty big importance to me i feel like that is pretty big detriment to a lot of kids growing up and that there isn't any kind of just even casual education in public schools or anything so bad financials and but then at the same time i know that that can if you do it the wrong way with your kids and it can almost kind of have the reverse effect if you don't teach them the right way then they're going to look at that money as like oh well my parents did this and um, i don't want to be like them and just be so focused on it and that kind of thing and so that's kind of a balancing act. I, one of the things that always, I always come back to, cause I always think back, like, I feel like I got lucky in the way of, I had two specific people around me that introduced me to a book um, about compound interest when I was younger. And then another that interested or uh, introduced me to a book and then introduced me to a specific fund. And just the idea of money making money when I was in my early 20s. And I feel like I got pretty lucky with two people showing me that. And then to compound that further, our old boss um, and the way that he lived and some people he connected me with um, changed my mindset even further. But I look back, I always have this memory of growing up and uh, it was after my parents separated and then we were, I was in the car with my mom and we were stopping at this gas station because she needed gas. <clears throat> and then we pull up and she reaches into her purse and then um, looks back in the backseat to me and hands me $1 and says, go and give this dollar to him. I need to fill up um, $1 worth of gas. And because that was all she could do. Mm-hmm. And I remember even in that moment, I mean, I think I was like 11, even in that moment, just thinking like, and when I get a car someday, I'm going to be able to fill up my tank. Like I'm going to be able to fill it up all the way. And just seeing things like that, like one of the things my mom always really enjoyed doing, like even when there was no money, she has always liked Coke. So she would always stop by, she'd bring in her cup, to this dairy queen and then it was a 55 cent refill and then that was all that was like her one thing that she would do but i remember there was one day where like it was uh, a comment was made it may have been me or my sister i don't know but it was like why do you get something we can't you know something like that but it was enough to where it was like in the position where she was in and this was her one thing and it was 55 cents and then that just like broke her down at some point or at that point and just being upset like it is so tight right now that we're we can only fill up one dollar's worth of gas and then the one thing that i want is 55 cents and sometimes i can't get it and sometimes i can barely get it and then when i do get it 
then I have somebody making a comment about it. So I, I always have those things stuck in my head, you know, those memories, at least that I go back to, and it's like, man, that had a significant impact on the way that I turned out. So I want to, I want to be able to relay that to our girls in a positive way. I mean, without, they aren't going to have to go through that. And so, but how do I teach that to where it's a positive thing so that they can learn that and not, not a negative thing. Yeah. I mean, you definitely don't want it to be uh there is a balance there between like, you know, letting them see the work that came into it and not enabling them for yeah. sure. And like, let, you know, but also letting them know like, Hey, you know, we're, I, I work, we worked hard to get here and now this is something you don't have. To, I don't want you to have to go through what I did and with my mom and stuff. So yeah, yeah you've definitely, uh, yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, you definitely put yourself in a position where you uh, have been able to create a lot, re- a great life for yourself and Anna and for your kids. So uh, yeah, it's awesome, man. So yeah. well, that seems like a really good story to end on. So um, yeah. Is there any, uh, do you want to, anything you want to tell people about maybe, uh, you know, where they can get some of your delicious coffee? <laughs> Yeah, it's cadencecoffeeroasters.com. Um, but yeah, that's that's the website. I don't, I don't think anything else. Um, and when, I know that we have a similar take on, on clothing. I did want to check with you because I've been struggling lately. So I have the white t-shirt and you have the black t-shirt. Yeah. And that's pretty much a, a daily use for both of us. Oh yeah, we're both wearing one right now. Yeah. So if you're, if you're not putting those into the dresser, what do you do? And you are hanging them up. What do you do to not get that lump on your shoulder from the hanger? You know, that thing, like, I I feel (laughs) like I've got, I feel like if anybody needed tips on how to get that lump, I mean, I've got it down. It it looks like I've got little (laughs) horns on my shoulders on every single one of my shirts. Dude, I, yeah, I, I, for one, I feel stupid that I hang t-shirts in the first place. Like I've actually thought about just changing up my closet where I can just throw them in a drawer instead or something. Cause I'm not going to get like a dresser, but, uh, but do those lumps are, are freaking brutal. <laughs> oh, I mean, it looks like I've got marshmallows in my, in my <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm in enough trouble right now because <clears throat> the shirts I like are discontinued. So I had I, I so I found something that I kind of like, but I finding the ones that are uh, d- exactly the ones I'm dude. I'm just trying to stretch them as long as I can so they I'm don't target? tear up. They're tar yeah they're target brand, but they're the so I'll say it here and if anyone can find them, but it's the it was target. Um, uh crew necks but they were the i think premium not the they sell standard ones but the those not the same material it's the premium goodfellow uh crew neck shirts and they freaking i cannot find them anywhere so how, how do the necklines hold up on those awesome really yeah the necklines hold up good they're super soft the only thing i've got going on with them is like I, I can't believe we're even talking about this right now, but <laughs> it is <laughs> well, but people who are used to listening to me know that about my shirt thing. So, um, but, uh, 
the armpit stains <laughs> are brutal <laughs> on some of them. But um, well, that's because they're black. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 But I but I, I can't do the white. So I'm I'm I don't have I don't have the uh, I don't have the body for the white ones. I'm too chubby. <laughs> I gotta do black. See, we we've splurged and got a nicer version of the white ones. And the neckline, it was like the, the first wash. I mean, that, that thing just turned into like a squiggly stream. <laughs> you know, <just> I mean, I basically don't even wear those anymore because it's do you, do you, do you almost a V-neck. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, dude. Now that's the trick. You got to hang dry them. You hang dry your t-shirts? Yeah, I do. Makes them last longer for one. And you don't get that lump? No. Not as much. <laughs> should try it <laughs> uh anyways okay let's get out of the, let's get out of the t-shirt shop a t-shirt talk and uh and and get the hell off this thing <laughs> anyways all right so everyone go check out cadencecoffeeroasters.com uh seriously his coffee is really really good so go order some um I guess by the time this airs, it'll be too late for Christmas. So I, I'm kind of, maybe we'll, maybe I will have to bump your episode up a little bit in case people want to do it for Christmas. But uh, yeah, dude, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming and spending some time on here with me. Yeah, man. It's fun. All right. Later. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the creator dad podcast. I'd like to invite you to join the official Creator Dad Discord community where fellow Creator Dads like you and me connect to discuss our creative endeavors, parenting, relationships, music, movies, and TV, sports, money, all the things that dudes love to talk about. Get all the details at patreon.com slash creatordad.